Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. We've been watching Love Island this week, everyone. Me we and Nick have. have been watching Love Island. We Three have. episodes in. They already feel like family. <laughs> I'm vicariously on holiday. Yeah, I'm vicariously a size 10 in a bikini. <laughs> then I Actually, I disagree with that. All these people who say the women are skinny and everything, they're not skinny. They're not size 10. No, I, I would wager not one of them is a size 10. T- telly adds, adds weight, doesn't it? It makes you look bigger. Well, how many cameras are on them? Well, I'm not being funny. When we did that you interview, that bloody camera added a four or five stone on me. I don't actually look like that. You so. hope. <laughs> In my head, I don't look like that. But there's been so much anti-Love Islands in the press. And let me just point out here, most people who write for the national press, not me, are happily married mums in North London townhouses. They've got lots of money. They went to Oxbridge. Range Rover. They've got a husband who earns money as well. They don't have several collies and several horses. They're rolling in money. They never had to do what the girls on Love Island do to get ahead because they went from private education to university to married to someone posh and earning lots of money. They've never had to use their body to get ahead and they've never had a crisis of confidence that leads them to have stuff put in their lips to have their breasts done to have their faces done to have hair extensions I think some of the girls are wearing wigs Um, the boys have dyed themselves orange if you go to Oxford and you get a PPE degree and then you go and work in the government you don't have to dye yourself orange they're very orange aren't they it's like red for go come on girls do you know what I mean like traffic light system and, oh God. you know, what you have to understand is that girls who, you know, say who they live in Newcastle and they, they work in boots, they don't have a particularly interesting job. Friday night is the one interesting time of their lives. And they put the lashes on and they put the makeup on and they put the mini skirt on and the, the wedge heels because that's their one form of expression. It's their one way of bettering themselves. And I think all these snooty columnists who say it's porn and they shouldn't be doing it and we shouldn't be watching it and we should watch Mary Beard on BBC Two instead, they haven't lived that experience. And those girls are just trying to do their best and to get ahead, to get Instagram followers, maybe get a modelling contract with 
boohoo or something. They do do quite well out of it, don't they? You well, know, some of them some do. Of them it's them not do. really a long-term career option. No, but if you get a bit of money in the bank and you, you know, you've got something behind you, it sort of doesn't matter, does yeah. it? You get what you can out of it. And yeah. if anyone thinks getting a body and looking like that is easy, it's not. It's hard. Surgery is Collagen. I had collagen in my lips once in Harrods, quite early on. And the pain yeah. of a needle in the ed- edge of your lips is unbelievable. Yeah. It's hard work having plastic surgery. It's expensive. It is. It's really painful. I mean, you know, liposuction, people think it's an easy thing rather than dieting. And it's it funny, one of, one of the girls was saying to a semi-professional footballer on the show, the mixed race guy, she was saying to him, well, normally... A semi-professional footballer wouldn't be good enough for me. I go for men who go to the gym. Even a footballer, <laughs> even a footballer isn't good enough. And I miss that bit. It's just, it's just incredible. They're sort of what they look for in a man. Last night, one of the girls said, "Well, I look for a man who tans easily and evenly." So they're judging someone how easily they tan. It's absolutely hilarious. To be fair, that's up to the beauty therapist, isn't it? Because none of that's natural. Like, I'm not being funny, they're, they're from, like, Birmingham. That tan is not natural. But, you know, I think I think rather than taking it at face value, it's quite interesting to watch people interacting on that level. I mean, I find it all quite superficial that your main thing is is I must have a man, you know, and I must I want a man and how do I get them what I look like and the girls get quite bitchy with each other, you know, and they get the little clicks. But I'm not watching it. For anything other than entertainment, I'm not watching it to get an education. I'm not watching it for anything else, and then it sort of makes me smile. No, but I watching it, and it's it's quite a revelation, really, because I didn't understand growing up that men actually like girls who were chatty and smiley. That's the most important thing. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I didn't know that. I thought they just looked at how you looked and I never bothered to chat, I never bothered to smile. Well, how do you think I've had boyfriends? It weren't me looks. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm bubbly. I've got big boobs and I'm bubbly. And it, so it taught me I should have gone around in a bikini in my 20s. I should have had a month off. I should have smiled more. So it actually is, for me, it's quite educational. If you're a very introverted, anxious person... It's quite. Oh, definitely. It's quite an eye opener. I don't think there's anything. The last more word you could possibly use to describe me is bubbly. I've got. I'm flat. I'm not bubbly. I'm flat. I'm a weak old glass of champagne. No, you're not flat. You're you're sharp and you're witty. You're acidic. You know, but you're funny. You're funny. But, but you're men, not bubbly. I actually don't, from my experience, my very limited experience. Oh, not so much nowadays, shush, love. Of two and a half men. Yeah. Men don't like it when you're funny. They don't. No, they do. Men don't want to date Joan Rivers, do they? Well, they no. want to date Cameron Diaz. They don't want to date Joan Rivers. I am Joan Rivers. Look at yeah, but look at us, like Joe Black, Ricky Gervais. They're not conventionally handsome Who? men, like Ricky Gervais. Who was the first one you said? Joe Black. Who's that? Jack Black. Jack Black. Why does she keep saying the wrong name? Well, because I'm thinking Joe Black has in the Brad Pitt character in that film. Who Why was does really she keep handsome. saying the wrong name? He was in a tuxedo and everything. It was like it that was porn. That was porn. But it's like they're really funny. I, they're not to me, conventionally attractive that I would find, 
But they make me laugh, so I'd fancy them. Yeah, but they don't want us. Ricky Gervais doesn't want me. Well, he hasn't met you, has he? You don't know he don't want you. <laughs> if he want, if he met you, he might want you. No, men don't like funny, witty, sharp women. They don't. They just want you to be all fawning and simpering and saying, oh, aren't you lovely? And I don't mind that you've got no teeth. But that says something about them, doesn't it? It says something about the calibre of them and how they feel about being in the presence of somebody that's perhaps funnier than them or more intelligent than them. But it made me laugh when Chloe came in to, into Which Love one's Island. Chloe? Chloe's the new person that Have came in. You've got in. her name right. I've got her name right. I've the, <laughs> I think, anyway. No, what annoys me about <laughs> Chloe, the new girl on Love Island, is that she's sitting with a man in her bikini and she just laughs at everything they say. Whereas. I only laugh when something's funny. I can't stand people who laugh when it isn't funny. It should be against the law. It should, there should be a new COVID law. Don't laugh unless it's really, really funny. Anything the man says, she laughs. No, she does. And when she went in and all the boys went out to greet her, she was so confident. She was so, come on, boys, sit down. And it was like the spotlights on and she was performing and she was just lapping it up, which to be fair, if, if, if a lot of crumpet come out and you didn't actually realise they didn't have a lot to say, I'd probably be a bit lapping it up. But they didn't really have a lot to say to her and they were actually quite faithful to the girls inside at that stage. Yeah, but they've only known them two days. I know, but you, that's all you need to nowadays. Nowadays, you know someone two days, you've only spoke online and you're in a relationship. That's how it works. Spoken. Yeah, that's how it works. Not spoke, spoken. Spoken, yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't even done that. You've typed at them. You've not, you've not even spoken to them. You're online, you have a little chat, then you update your Facebook status in a relationship. That's Honestly, if you're, if you're young, that's how it seems to work. But I think if Love Island had been around when I was 21, 22, you know, when we only had black and white tellies, if Love Island had been on, I'd have realised that actually... Having a man, it's not the end, be all and end all of the world. You no. won't even remember their names in 10 years' time. No. And also, another one will enter the metaphorical villa very shortly. I shouldn't have placed all my eggs in one no. basket. And then, to be honest, I mean, you know, we were talking last week about me rocking backwards and forwards to Sinead O'Connor. I can't, I can't remember. Mum's telling me things about him. Oh, he did this and it. I can't even remember it. I, I literally can't remember. There's been so many since. I can't remember him particularly. You know, and at the time, he was the love of my life again. You know, I just... I was... I, I, I had horses, I had dogs, I had cats. They were far more of a priority to me than men. Far more. No, I completely focused on a person and spent months trying to woo them. I mean, I remember I fancied this man who worked in the health shop on Old Street. I went in that shop so many times, I had a peanut butter mountain, and he still didn't go out with me. And you're still thin. It's not fair. If I had a peanut butter mountain, I'd be the size of a house. But I didn't eat it. I just kept buying it to go in oh. there and see him. Oh, dear. <laughs> and you didn't get your man? But if I'd had Love Island, I'd have realised, actually, men come, men go... You just They just like smiley girls who don't give them too much jip. They're not that complex. No, what men want, in my experience, which is fairly vast, unfortunately, 
I don't understand how you've got so many men. Well, you are quite a smiley. I'm, I'm smiley, I'm bubbly, and I've got big boobs. I mean, honestly, the amount of times that I've been talking See, to I a can't bloke, stand bubbly people. I just can't. I can't stand people who are extrovert, who laugh at nothing. No. Well, you don't, you don't have to laugh at nothing because you're bubbly. I mean, you don't have to do the No, you of, do laugh at nothing. Well, yeah, but not Whereas to me. I only laugh when something's <laughs> really, really funny. No, can, I just want to point out here, imagine doing a podcast with Liz. You're chatting about something. You think it's really funny, and Liz just stares at you. No, I'm doing quizzically my neck. Yeah, or or the rolling of the hand to like wind it up. You're being boring now. And actually, she said this week, don't do any more of your boring books this week. <laughs> <laughs> don't do your boring book this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have no boring book this week. <laughs> and she calls all the boring books in under my name. No, I'm using my own name now. I'm using my own name. Are you a brand in your own name? I am. I'm creating my own brand. It's, it's, it's almost fully functional. There are even people now that have heard of me. Not many. It's all turned into all about Eve again, hasn't it? <laughs> Look, I'm taking it. I'm taking my five minutes while I've got it. I will be axed and cold at some point. This is my only freedom into, into the limelight. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Sorry. Do we want to hear about this week's column? We do want to hear about this week's column. Because in case you've been on holiday in Portugal or something and your internet broke, I was stood up at Soho House by Cambridge Man. I got a courtesy car for a man in 30 minutes. He turned up. He criticised my hair because it's grown back. He got out his electron car in a very half-hearted attempt to pay the bill, which I ended up paying. And then he said, could I order an Uber on my phone to take him home? I'm sorry. And that's why you don't go there again. That's why you don't go there. So in response to that happening, I've written a column where I've had an epiphany about men. An epiphany. Praise be. Everyone stand up and do the, the wave. The Mexican wave. The Mexican wave. We're doing the Mexican wave for you, Liz. We're waiting for an epiphany. But when I asked for the bill and he half-heartedly got out his electron card, then put it back in his horrid little wallet... Why don't you just sit back and say, oh, thank you? What's wrong with you? I made a pact with myself and the listeners. Yes. I will never pay a man to keep me company again. Woo! Or, as I said last week, get an escort that you you know where you're at. We don't want to be repetitive. We're not being repetitive, but it was a good one and I'm using it again. They're not worth they're not worthy of being in my company. They're not. I've been telling you this. I'm interesting. I'm funny. I have millions of antidotes about a career spent going to the Oscars, Westminster and Royal Weddings. I've got passions. I've got horses, dogs. I'm well read. You are. You are. I've got nice feet. When I said to my husband when we were married, what's the best thing about me? He said, you've got nice feet. Yeah, you're always going on about your feet, ain't you? Oh, yeah, you like my feet, but I have got amazing feet. Have... Like, if you compare my feet to yours, your feet are just awful, my aren't feet they? Are like little, my feet are like little mini hobbit feet. They're like paddles. <laughs> they're only a size five, but they're sort of like wide and fat, like the rest of me. Who can satnav man, <laughs> who, let's be frank, led me on, he possibly did. have lined up in the wings to replace me, 
Kira bleeding nightly. Who's he got? Who's he got in Cambridge? Well, better than me. I tell you what, he has got. After your column, he's got a lynch mob after him, judging by the readers' emails. He's got a lynch mob. That's what he's got. I can see now, as those scales have take, been taken from my eyes, that being fabulous means men are intimidated. What did the XX have to say when he slipped into the hot seat? Do you know what he said? Do you know what the interesting conversation was? Uh, non-existent. I said, what have you been up to in lockdown? He said, I've been sleeping and smoking. Oh, nothing changes. The most earth-shattering fact is this. They don't even think they have to impress us. The XX criticised my hair when his was lank and uncombed. Why on earth did I put up with these idiots? Why on earth did you phone him? Well, because the, the waitress was clattering the cutlery. I was there on my own. I had a table booked till nine o'clock. I had a room upstairs. I never liked to waste the Hollywood. It was a bit of an emergency, really, like calling the AA man, and he was just as quick. <laughs> just pick up someone in the bar. So this week's column, I've made a list right. of all the awful, awful slights that they've done to me, and I'm actually quite nice and entertaining. These are the things they've done to me. You are. You're a very good person to go out with, I have to say. So a man smashed my Atelier Abigail Ahern porcelain handcrafted chandelier. Not only did he not notice he'd smashed it, he didn't pick up the pieces and he left them on the floor. He scuffed the chrome rims on my Mercedes. Never, never, ever parked too close to the pavement. No. He broke one of a set of knives from the Conran shop, cutting rosemary in the garden, Hughes scissors. He burnt the work surface at my rented Clerkenwell flat with a pan containing over-reduced chilli, after he'd spent a couple of hours mansplaining that you shouldn't like tea lights. <laughs> Don't like tea lights, but put a hot saucepan on my work surface. Use a coaster. I presume he's dead now. <laughs> you don't take it. I think one. it meant I lost my deposit. That's why when you rent somewhere, you're in constant fear you are. that something will happen and you lose your deposit. Yeah. Look at when he. Look, another item here. He lost. I gave him a spare set of keys to my Primrose Hill flat, and he lost them. And I had to go to Bannon's and replace them, and it cost four hundred pounds. Which I hope he paid back. No. <sighs> he called the top glossy magazine I was editor-in-chief of. What was that rag you worked for? See, chippy, chippy. Beware chippy, everyone. Don't go out with a chippy man. He forgot to book a transfer to Heathrow Airport, meaning I had to park in the short-stay car park, costing hundreds. Which, again, he didn't pay for, I'm sure. No, he didn't pay no, for. right. There's a theme, there's a theme. Drove my new Mercedes so fast in France he got a speeding ticket and I could have been killed. And at that stage I was younger, I would have had my life cut short. Not to mention that Mercedes was lovely, we did not want it smashed. See, they show off. Yeah, Never well, go out with the man who shows off. To be fair, he didn't have anything to show off about. No, nothing. He had to use your Mercedes for that, didn't he? Didn't he? He said a gluten-free lasagna I'd spent all day making was claggy. <gasps> Just eat it. He reversed my Land Rover Defender into a wall. I remember that. 
When I revealed I'd got a collie, my ex-husband said, you need a more interactive pet. And I had five cats. You Don't could... abuse my cats. My cats are interactive. You couldn't get more interactive than Squeaky. Squeaky was the most in-your-face cat in yeah, the world. Literally, like, Squeaky was the boss. You couldn't get more interactive. She would pin you down. The minute you were in a chair, she'd pin you down and wash you. Yeah, we had a system. I used to go in when you were away... And I'd go in, in, and there was a chair, and I was immediately sat in the chair. She would sit down and she would lick me until she'd finished, and I could not get up oh. until she finished. You needed a more interactive pet. See, men even boss you when you get a collie. But Liz, and men even boss you when you're not married to them anymore. You needed a more interactive husband, didn't you? He was too busy interacting elsewhere. I need a more interactive husband. Yeah. And they even boss yeah. you when they're not married to you anymore and they're going out with a girl with a low forehead and thick ankles. Cheeky sod. A man said, I didn't always look beautiful on Celebrity Big Brother because I went out with this man and my friend Dawn and Dawn said, oh, you always look lovely. And he said, no, she didn't. <gasps> what a Jellyfish. bastard. What a bastard. What a bastard. I said it was the lighting. It was the camera angle. It was what the lighting. Bastard. It's the producer's fault. After a night of sex at the Dorchester Hotel, he said, as I left... Thank you for your support. <laughs> Isn't that the worst thing anyone's ever said after sex? Thank you for your support. But the mind boggles in what, what sexual acts you were performing if it was some sort of aerobics. <laughs> he cheated on me when I bought him a Volkswagen Polo. And he cheated on me when I'd given him an Apple laptop. And he whined and said it was too small. To which I replied, maybe your fingers are too fat. I knew that was coming. I, I could have predicted that one. A man also wore a new cashmere sweater I bought him from Banana Republic when he went off to meet his mistress at the airport. That's very low rent. Very, very bad. He called me a F-word old hag. <gasps> oh, oh. That's nasty. When I told this man, oh, by the way, I'm shortlisted as columnist of the year and podcaster of the year at the industry's Oscars, he said, I was nominated for an award once. Why can't men just say, that's fantastic? You see, what is this again, Nick? Chippy. It's chippy. Don't go out with a chippy man, everyone. On a walking holiday in India, we'll go into this in more depth in a minute, Given I'd once played netball and went to an all-girls high school, I was the bourgeois white bitch oppressing the locals by asking them to heat up my espresso pot every morning. But bear in mind, I took the pot and I took the beans. They had to grind them, but I took the pot and I took the beans. And bear but in I was mind. a bourgeois white colonialist because I wanted coffee in the morning and they were the oppressed locals. But who, out of me... And the man bought the villagers wind-up radios when I left, and who just just who just left? Which one of us oh, bought well, the wind-up radios? Obviously, it's not going to be him, is it? And actually, I'm not being funny. No one in their right mind wants to be around you without your coffee in the morning. Oh, no one. You see, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, there's no self-preservation in this statement. I've got to be honest because I'm telling you now. Even when you're ill, I'm trying to force your coffee down. But anything I did in India, I was the bourgeois white person. It's just... 
Like he also, we went on this walking thing through the forest with this Indian guide. And they kept leaving me behind because I probably had the wrong shoes on. And so when the Indian guide was explaining to my husband about the porcupines and stuff, I always turned up late. And also because he had an accent before I got hearing aids, I couldn't hear a word what he was saying. So I just looked into space. So my husband said, you weren't even interested on the walking holiday. You didn't even listen to what the guide was saying. So I said, well, A, you left me behind. And B, I'm deaf. I couldn't hear what he was saying. I hate people do that. It's my pet hate. People walk off and leave you behind. It makes me so angry. And don't so mumble. Angry. He was mumbling. Don't mumble. But, but he knew you couldn't hear. Like, if I know you can't well, hear Well, actually, the thing it. is, my husband was so disinterested in me, I don't think he ever knew I was deaf because he just wasn't interested. Exactly. He should have been more interactive, shouldn't he? He should have been a more yes. interactive pet. He should have been a more interactive pet. As Janet pet. Street Porter said to me at a Versace dinner, you treat your boyfriend like a pet. Well, to be fair, I think the pets come off better than the boyfriends. <laughs> You can read this week's diary in full on the Man on Sunday's You magazine. So this leads us nicely to the archive, November 2006, when I was actually quite young then. You were young. Actually, biologically young. The heading on that column is, in which he makes me cry on a romantic mini-break. He's just an arse, isn't he? Again, again. After walking for five days in difficult shoes through the pine forest of northern India, we arrived at our cabin in the mountains. The trek had been arduous. I'd read somewhere that muscles are supposed to have memory, but mine seemed to have forgotten their mid-80s aerobics classes. Also, what with my huge dark glasses and walking stick, my husband said it was like being on holiday with Roy Orbison. Actually, I can see the hair thing. At last, when we got to the cabin, I was able to lie on a proper bed and look at the view of the Himalayas and the millions of stars and the crescent moon peeking over K2. Isn't this the most beautiful place on earth, I asked him. I noticed he was wearing his wet nappy face. And I remember that earlier in the day he had refused to hold my hand or help me over streams and rocks and hazards. This is sort of sounding like a David Attenborough documentary. It's good descriptions. This was after he'd been in India to find himself and found himself in some other woman's vagina. So we'd gone on this holiday to India to sort of recapture the, the romance. So I said to him, I know you've been in India with someone who was more fun than me referring to Daphne, why did you insist we still go on this holiday? Why didn't you just leave on my birthday when I asked you to? You were the one who wanted to work through it. I knew you would do this to me. You ruined my mini-break. I told him I hate the way he's always judging me and that nothing I ever do seems good enough. To be honest, I'd found the first few days in India bewildering. I'd seen a naked baby left on a hot pavement in Delhi and an old woman begging in a market. And yet he hadn't tried to reassure me or share the experience. He just chatted to the guide in Hindi. And when I asked what they were saying, he ignored me. Oh, that's so rude. I hate when people do that. You would think after four years of marriage, my husband would know 
that I can't hear people and that I would find a naked baby on, on a hot pavement upsetting. But he didn't. So I sobbed and sobbed. All I wanted to be at, to do was to be at home with my cats in a hot bath. I don't know how I got through the rest of the week. What with losing my tweezers? Disaster. But we finally made it back to our hotel. After dinner, I asked the English girl in the office, who was as agile as a mountain goat, if I could check my emails. The connection was slow, so I was gone for ages. I realised the blonde girl had disappeared and I felt my stomach lurch. See, that's what happens when your husband's cheated. If you're on holiday and you see a blonde girl at reception and then she disappears, you think, oh my God, where is she? She's in bed with my husband. But that's what an awful, awful way to live. Awful. That's just horrible. Eventually, I saw her and I almost cried with relief when I saw that, he, that my husband was chatting to an old man. But I did, as you just said, I finally realised I can't live like no, this. that's horrible. Even on holiday, I'm on edge, stressed, panicked. Two weeks should have given us time to talk, to get close again, but it was the same old story. I'd wake in the morning just to, in time to see his back and his back fat leaving the room. I had coffee on my own that they took ages to boil because they only had wood fires. We had three arguments and no sex. Perhaps it's because I lost my tweezers. <laughs> that doesn't even think about that. I felt I was repelling him like a mosquito coil. I asked him how many times he and Daphne had sex during the week they were together, and he said only once. I don't believe him. On the plane back to London, I asked him if he preferred Daphne to me because she was younger. No, he said. Did he prefer her to me? No. Did he love her? No. Then he asked the question... Do you still love me? And he stole my bread roll. <gasps> now, he's to me, that's, these, that's it, no. He's one of these people. You sit next to them on, on the plane. You get your little tray and you open your little tray like it's Christmas. And the man next to you steals the bread, the bread roll. I've got to be honest, sleeping with another woman, that's bad enough, touching my food. Seriously. And I'll... they steal your little warm heated cashew nuts. No, I'll, I'll push him out the exit thing. Don't touch my food. Seriously, don't touch my food. But don't you find they've got to put you down to actually feel that they're better? That says much more Chippy. about him. Chippy. More about him than you. Chippy. I think the theme this week is don't chippy. date someone who's chippy. See, every time you say the word chippy, I'm imagining chips in a bun no. with some curry sauce. I just go straight to a chip butty. You're going to have to find a different word. I'm on a diet. You can't keep using the word chippy. The more fabulous you are the more they hate you. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at Liz Jones Goddess. So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. 
there's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. readers this week now. Our readers are fabulous. They're always fabulous. We get lots of men, don't we? We do you know well, you certainly well, no, have, not really. You certainly have lately. I've got to be honest, you've got you've got a right rush on. Should we go straight to the man? This person, John, he's writing to me about being stood up. He is. And he says, Hello Liz, I can't believe the latest escapade. I think you're making it up. I mean, why would he not come? What is there not to like about Liz Jones? Intelligent, attractive animal lover, lives in the country. Ye gods, I crawl a mile of a broken glass just to kiss the ground you've walked on. I hope the huge mistake doesn't have a bad ending thinking of you, John. Kiss. See, they don't understand why I do that to you. Yeah, but it's all very easy on paper, isn't it? Well, I like know. Cambridge man was all very keen and I don't mind the distance because I travel a lot for work. Sparkled. He said I sparkled. Yeah. And then he chickened out. I think it's because he was worried I was going to write he can't ejaculate and we hadn't even got that far. Maybe he can't. Maybe that's the issue. So John is in the wings. We've got plenty of men in the wings waiting for you. We've also got Miss... Minnie! Come here, Minnie, um, come here, Minnie. Minnie, hold the bottom, hold the bottom. Come on, Minnie. Just hold it, hold it. I swear to God, garden, locked door. Right, Miz. Hi, Nick. Is Just... Miz a woman or a man? I think I, th- I think Miz is a girl. I'm taking I'm taking a punt here. Is might she be, lay Miz? Might be might be Michelle or something, Miz. Might Nick. Right, hi Nick. I've just heard on a Luana podcast. What is a Luana podcast? I don't know, but I'm going to look you it need up. To, no, but you can't just come and say these things. You have to be informed and have some background and do some research. Because what is a Luana Prof podcast? But is, it, is it a rival to us? No, we were better than Oprah, for someone else said. Is there anyone out there who doesn't have a podcast? No. There's a lot of... I, I can't even choose which ones to listen to now because there's so many. So, she says, 13 minutes in, Louise, Liz and Louisa's... Zisman of the taxidermy horse fame have gone viral on TikTok. So you're viral on TikTok. It's a bathtub scene on Big Brother and she thought you might revel in this. I also want to say that what you're doing for animal welfare is great. Really enjoying your pod. Thanks. Right, well, sod the animal welfare. If I'm viral on TikTok wearing, viral. wearing a swimming costume, does that get me any money? I don't know, but I wonder if that gets us up in the winning podcast chances. Yeah, but that could dilute my brand, couldn't it? That was your brand. It was Squeaky you were talking about. I remember that. That Ryan kept playing it again and again and again. It was Ryland. so funny. Ryland. Yeah. I was so upset Ryland. when he was gay. Ryland, not Ryan. Like Ryan. Oh, is that the fourth name I've got wrong in this podcast? Ryland. <laughs> but he's so <laughs> handsome. Oh, my God, he's so handsome. He's very tall. I love gay men. That's but Ryland, I have to say... On, on Celebrity Big Brother. It wasn't Big Brother, it was Celebrity Big Brother. Um, Ryland was so nice to me. Hang and on. he knew, be quiet, he knew <laughs> that I'm deaf. So whenever I went on his after Big Brother programme, and he'd go, Liz, Liz! He'd like yell at me, Liz! Because he knew I was deaf. Oh, oh, I love him. 
Was it celebrity Big Brother? He wasn't just passive-aggressive like my husband, ignoring me. Rylan shouted specially because he knew I was deaf. And he was interactive. And he was was an interactive pet. Yeah, he was an interactive man. (laughs) Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones' Diary, the podcast, why not visit melplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.